Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. You know, even if you look at it like, well, I have so much to do today and there's a scarcity of time, or what I see people do with money is there's so many things that I need to pay for and there's not enough. And like what I see is that when we approach the world and our time and our money and our relationships as if they are not enough, we have a tendency to rush through life and often make sacrifices. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome to the show this week. I'm excited to talk about money. And, uh, you know, this is a really interesting topic because people have such um, different relationships with money and with financial freedom. And the show today, I'm going to be talking with Lisa Peterson. I actually interviewed her before on the show um, a few years ago. So we'll link to the uh, first interview I did with her. But the reason I wanted to have her back was because she wrote a book uh, called Mindful Millionaire. And she, uh, in it, she really dives into um, kind of the connection between the connection between financial freedom and human spirit potential, human spiritual potential. And she has a unique ability to draw from bi- biology, neuroscience, philosophy, spiritual teachings, and psychology. And she talks about um, scarcity and prosperity in ways that are are really new and, and different. And so she brings in this idea of the prosperity ladder and also the seven chakras. So if you're interested to know how, um, how she does that and how you can benefit from this, like how you can actually like achieve more financial freedom through some of these methods and tools, you'll definitely want to listen to this interview. And you can find out more information and links at wellwomanlife.com slash 230show. And you can also continue the conversation in the Well Woman Life community group over at wellwomanlife.com slash community. The Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy and High Desert Yoga at highdesertyoga.com. I'm speaking with Lisa Peterson today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Giovanna. I'm so happy to be here. Lisa, I'm excited to talk to you. You know, I rarely have people on this show twice and you were on early on in the podcast and we'll link to the earlier interview with you in the show notes, but I wanted to have you on today because you have put something out into the world that I think really deserves some attention and some exploring And so we'll get into that, but I just want to start, Lisa, by asking you, who are you in the world today? 
What a great question. I think first and foremost, I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I am someone who feels like I'm living the life that I always dreamed. And it really has a lot to do with just moment by moment, being able to notice what I want to create and feeling empowered to be able to create those things. Maybe not all the time, but a lot more than I think a lot of people feel, and and I truly feel grateful for being at this place in my life at 53 to feel so good about who I am and where I'm living from. Mm, I love that. So as we heard in the introduction, you are the author of a new book called The Mindful Millionaire that talks about overcoming scarcity, experiencing true prosperity, and creating the life you really want. And I love the way you've brought so many, so much of your work, it seems. You've brought it all together in this book. What is it that you most want people to know? I most want people to know that we have, in many cases, been conditioned to believe in scarcity more than we do believe in prosperity. And I'm speaking first and foremost, you know, to my own journey, and then also being in someone who's worked in financial services for almost 30 years, I see that people don't realize just how much potential they have. And What I wanted people to know is that just because your past has looked a certain way does not mean that your future has to look the same way. And there is a way to change it if you want. Hmm. Okay. And so this is really obviously bringing mindfulness into the picture. And you kind of alluded to that in in answering the first question about who you are in the world. And you mentioned noticing, like noticing your your vision for your life and and then creating that. And I think noticing is such a such an overlooked <laughs> part of <laughs> of what, you know, of mindfulness and of what we're we're doing with mindfulness, right? Like in order to in order to tap into your inner knowing or even take action, you have to notice first. Yeah. I was listening to someone the other day and they're like a spiritual teacher and they were saying that maybe 1% of the time people are fully conscious of what's going on in their lives. And I was like, oh, that doesn't sound very good. And even if we just said 10% of the time we're fully conscious, like when you do mindfulness practice. And I've been a daily meditator for 21 years. So I feel like I can speak to this. The goal isn't just to sit in silence, you know, and like clear your mind. It's about becoming aware of the moment to moment experiences so that you don't miss out. And I saw a movie last week called About Time on Netflix. And there was a point in the movie where they were, this man has the ability to go back in time and kind of fix things or change things. And towards the end of the movie, he gets this advice that he should live normal and then redo every day. And, and the reason for that would be to be able to notice everything. And the minute they said it, I just started sobbing because even though I've been working on this for 21 years, I still see so much opportunity to be even more present than I am. And it makes me kind of choke up right now. Like, you know, just 
your kid comes and asks for something to eat and you immediately go into making them something to eat. But in that moment, there's this opportunity to look into their eyes and connect with them and and be like, oh, you're hungry. You know, like, thank you for sharing that with me. You know, just like savoring every silly moment is something that I aspire to. And I'm trying again and again to do more of that. Mm, Okay. And it it can be really hard to do that, which is, I think, probably why we only do it 1% of the time. (laughs) Um, But it can be really challenging because in order to be fully present, it's like it requires courage to, to be in who you are and with all of the uncomfortable emotions and fears and this probably leads into the scarcity that you talked about but you know it can be really challenging to be in the moment which is why so many people and so many of us for so many so much of the day are running from the moment yeah it's really true and that's that's what scarcity i think brought to my attention is that you know, even if you look at it like, well, I have so much to do today and there's a scarcity of time or what I see people do with money is there's so many things that I need to pay for and there's not enough. And like what I see is that when we approach the world and our time and our money and our relationships as if they are not enough, we have a tendency to rush through life and often make sacrifices. And we know they're sacrifices because we look back at them in regret and we think, well, why'd I do that? You know, like there were so many other choices I had. And so in all these years of meditating and practicing mindfulness and then also working with money, I noticed that if I could help people slow down and examine what's happening, like you said, you know, the fears and the worries and the trauma of the past, if I could help people clear you know, create more clarity in their lives, then they could slow down and savor the moment and savor their life more. Okay. So taking your example, because I think it's a good one that's relevant and that everyone can relate to, which is financial stress or anxiety about like, uh, I think you said like buying groceries or something. If, if if someone literally is like what you say is scarcity mode, like I don't have enough to buy this or that, like what practically can people do listening that are like, yeah, but I actually don't have enough to buy my groceries. Like, what do I do? Um, what do you say to that? So obviously it's not just a, you know, magic pill. There's not going to be something I'm going to say that just changes everything, but what I like to do is I like to look at the situations in, in, in particular. So let's say you look at your situation, you've been um, paying attention to your money, you know that there's not enough to buy what you need to buy. When we slow down, and, and this is one of the reasons why something like you know budgeting, some people don't like to use that word, but let's just say being super mindful about your money can often lead to finding money. So just 
putting our attention on like, okay, what's been happening this past month? I just read something in a post and a woman had gone through the process of becoming more mindful of how much money was being spent in their house. And there was an idea, there's not enough. And when she completed the assessment, she realized that in reality, there was enough, but she was spending a whole bunch of money on crafts. And she's like, because I never totaled it up, I didn't realize that I was spending three, $400 a month on something that's a hobby and then saying I didn't have enough money for groceries, for example. Right. Just, does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's taking a step back, noticing, uh, doing the mindfulness practice, and then you're, you gain this level of awareness of what's really happening that can help you. So definitely um, like shifting, shifting your thoughts about it, right? Yeah. Shifting your thoughts, paying more attention, looking at where the problems are and no longer avoiding them because that's also what happens when you mentioned it earlier. Like we run away from our fears. Most of the time we're like, I don't want to look at that. It's going to be really uncomfortable. You know, we have to get past those parts before we can pay more attention to things. Okay. And in your book, you offer um, a lot of ways to overcome scarcity and, and create the life that you want. Lisa, do you, do you point to specific models or theories or spiritual teachers or like what's your framework for coming at this? So I don't have any particular teachers. Like I do mention different teachers and I know you had Byron Katie on your show and and I love Byron Katie's work. And so I mentioned that and I've incorporated that into parts of what I teach. But what I did was I looked at the research and most of my audience, probably 85 plus percent are women. I know that there is a lot of data that about 50% of women in North America feel, even when they have resources, even when they have money, feel like there is a fear that's in the back of their mind at all time, that they're just a few bad moves away from destitute poverty. That's what I call a root chakra um, thing. So I, one of the, the methodologies that I teach about is the chakras. And it helps me understand kind of what's going on for women in North America. And there's so much biology. There's so many things I could kind of talk about. But if we just even understand that even though we live in one of the wealthiest countries in the world, we still have a deep rooted belief that we're not safe or that we're only a few bad moves away from being, you know, unsafe. And so my framework, that's just one of many things that I talk about, but my framework was, well, if that's the case, I'm not going to argue whether that's true or not. It is true for me. That is a home. I grew up with a mom who had that core root belief and she passed it to me. And I just wanted to say, well, how can I help people deal with these fears like that? And and there were seven of them that I kind of dive into and give you ways to think about maybe where it came from, how you can help yourself going forward. So it's not such a, we talked about awareness When you have a fear and you're not aware of the fear, it's actually a much bigger fear than when you learn about the fear and you understand it, all of a sudden you can start to deal with it. But when you don't know, it's just kind of there looming. Does that make sense? And it creates a lot more stress than it needs to. Yes, absolutely. And when you say there are seven fears, is this related to the prosperity ladder in your book or can you talk about that? 
Yeah. So they're, they're fears. You could also call them beliefs. So what I did was I said that there were seven limiting scarcity-based beliefs, and then there are seven prosperity beliefs, which would be on the other side. And so if you want, I can go through those, but that's how I explain it. Is that helpful? Yeah, let's go through them. Perfect. So the the scarcity belief I already mentioned was fear of safety and security. The alternative is, you know, quite obviously, I am safe, I am supported. And again, you know, inside of the book, I'm kind of showing you ways to move from one to the other. But the second one is around being cut off from our feeling sense. That belief is I'm not worthy in some way. Like I'm not worthy of feeling my feelings. I'm not worthy of having a lot of money. I'm not worthy you fill in, fill in the blank. And on the other side, this prosperity belief that we're wanting to create and, and hold as truth, which is actually truth. I mean, just to be clear, I'm not making these up. Like these prosperity beliefs are the truth of who we really are. So it is that I'm worthy. I'm worthy of feeling my feelings. I'm worthy of having a temper tantrum when things aren't going my way. And I, and I, you know, I, I, I kind of poke fun at that because sometimes many of us are so good at putting on a happy face that we never feel the feels. Like we just skip over the whole experience of having a feeling. And then we just be in service of other people and keep everybody happy. But the sacral chakra, which is the second belief, is all about coming into tune with what are you feeling and not denying it anymore. And it opens up a whole opportunity of self-discovery when you learn that, you know, if you've been doing this to yourself, you know, and, and changing it. The third one is about power. So on one hand, I'm not powerful, and on the other, in the prosperity belief, it is, I am powerful. And the one thing I'll say about that is we live in a society that power has been very misunderstood. True power is like love and, you know, and, and support and not, not coercion, not force. But unfortunately, we live in a society that I think has taught us that power is often associated with corruption and force and making people, you know, controlling people. And so I invite people to step back into this idea that you are a powerful person. You are a powerful being. Yes. And I think I just want to interject that I think the listeners here will totally get that because we talk about power a lot. Um, as you can imagine, on the Well Woman show coming from a an intersectional feminist and mindfulness uh, perspective. We talk a lot about power and uh, and kind of deconstructing what it means and and you know what it really is. Um, so I appreciate that. Okay, so number four. This is in the heart. So this is about being appreciated, feeling appreciated, feeling loved, and the way that shows up in our lives and especially with our money in particular, because everything is also associated with money in the framework, is I've noticed that when we don't really allow ourselves to 
be appreciated and feel appreciated, we may find ourselves undercharging or being underpaid. And that when we look at this idea that, hey, I have got a lot to offer the world and I want to be paid for the value that I'm creating in the world, that it opens up just this beautiful experience of like, hey, there's an opportunity here for me to make more money. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And then number five. So this is in the throat. This is about expression and trust. So we have to, to be able to express, if we go deeper into what's behind the idea of expressing ourselves, we find that we have to trust ourselves. And so when we don't trust ourselves, sometimes it shows up that way. Other times it shows up that we don't trust other people. What we're looking for and the prosperity belief is, I trust myself, I am trustworthy, and that opens up, again, just new opportunities and understanding ourselves. And then we move into the sixth, which is about enoughness. So in the lower area where we were talking about security and power and feelings... It's all about like there being enough in the world. But up up here at the sixth, which is in the brow area, this is about feeling like I am enough. Not only is there enough in the world, I am enough. And they actually go together. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the the final one, the seventh, is about you know connecting into whatever whatever expression we call the divine, whether it's Mother Nature or God or Christ consciousness. It's this experience of opening up and receiving all that divine, beautiful healing energy beyond just the limited sense of self. And what I call that is. I am prosperous, you know, instead of it being, I'm not, I am, I have everything I need in this moment. Beautiful. I love the seven steps and they, they're very familiar. I, you know, listeners may have delved into one or more of these uh, things before in another context, but, but Lisa, I think what, what you what you really contribute here, which is so remarkable, is first of all, the prosperity lens, right? The the kind of money lens, but also the associating them with these different chakras. So um, I, I love it. There's a lot here. And um, we'll link to the book, The Mindful Millionaire, at our show notes. So listeners can definitely uh, pick up a copy and, and take a look for themselves. And uh, Lisa, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We'll be right back. I'm so thankful for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals 
goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your Well Woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. Okay, we're back on the Well Woman Show with Lisa Peterson, author of The Mindful Millionaire, Overcome Scarcity, Experience True Prosperity, and Create the Life you really want. So Lisa, we're in this segment called Superpowers for Success. And I, I'm not sure if we did this when uh, when I interviewed you the first time, but I think things shift and change. And so it'll be interesting to hear your answers today. And so it's kind of a lightning round of questions. And the first question is, what does success in life mean to you? The first word that comes to mind is freedom. You know, freedom of choice, freedom of expression, building my business over the past six years. I really, I had no idea how much I was um, filtering my thoughts. And when, you know, I've been able to write this book and, and, and live in a environment where I get to call the shots. And that is like the most amazing way that I could imagine living. Okay. And when did you know you were really good at what you do? <laughs> I think that maybe the book deal coming together was one of those moments where, I mean, I'm 53, right? So that would have been in the past year <laughs> where it was like, hey, you have something to say and this organization wants to bring it into reality. That was probably a big turning point in my life. And I want to ask you about that, but just real quick, because I always push on this question in terms of external validation versus internal. So obviously like getting a book deal, you know, having people tell you that your work is amazing or or whatever the other external factors, which I don't minimize at all because they're really important. But was there a point where you you had that internal knowing before anybody else recognized it, but you just knew? Oh, yeah. I think starting Wealth Clinic was that moment. So six and a half years ago. So I want to ask yeah. you for, for just to benefit the listeners, because this is mm-hmm. a really important point that I work on with within my community, which is when you have that knowing, like what made you pursue it, even though you didn't have the external validation yet? Well, I think we may have talked about it when we spoke before, but there was a there was an event that occurred that caused me to realize that I wasn't my fear. And when that event happened, I knew that I was here in this lifetime for a much bigger reason. And I think I had been teaching meditation, I'd been helping other people, and I think that up to that moment it was like all about, well, if somebody shows up to your class, you know, then you must be, you know, doing something right. But what shifted for me before I started the business was I am so passionate about something 
that I am willing to devote, like walk away from my career, walk away from everything. It wasn't coming from like, I'm awesome. It was coming from, I love something so much and I know it can help other people. And that was really all that I needed. Like surrendering into that was when I knew that I didn't need anybody's permission. I had to do this. And and my heart filled with love and that was all that mattered. Yeah, I, I I love that. And that's what came up for me when you were talking was like reflecting on starting, you know, what I've created here. And and really it was that I, I had to do it. There was no there was just no question. Like I, I have to do this. It's it's so important to me. Um and and I think we only get to that clarity when we're in line and in tune with that inner voice, that inner knowledge, that inner wisdom or the divine or, you know, whatever you, however you want to identify it, but there's some work that has to happen to get to that point of that clarity. Yeah. And maybe circling back, cause these are great questions. When the book deal came together, it was like, oh, you know, there's somebody listening. Like I knew people were listening, but it was just a different, at a different level. Yeah. Okay. So side note here, and then we'll get back to the superpowers for success. Cause I know a lot of people in my audience are writers, they're creators. They, they might be looking for a book deal. So what is kind of one piece of advice you would give to women out there who are looking to do what you've done? Like what was, what was it that worked for you? Because I was so committed to my mission and also maybe all the years of being a marketer in my previous life, I knew that it wasn't going to be in just little differences that I might have compared to what someone else who might be doing the same thing as me. It was going to be something big that that had to differentiate what I'm talking about versus other folks. And differentiation is the name of the game if you want a you know, book deal. It's got to be very unique. The I'll just add one little additional part is an agent approached me like over three years ago and she's been nurturing this work ever since. And she helped me understand an industry I didn't understand. And without her, it wouldn't have happened either. So it was the combination where she saw me or heard me on an interview and was like, something's different here. And then that began the alliance and then ultimately came to mm. the book deal. I love it. Okay. And so the big differentiation for you was using the mindfulness lens in the money world? It was in the beginning, but the chakras is where everything changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. Okay. So for listeners, you know, stick with it. And and when you know you've got that that idea or that passion, just keep keep at it. Um, okay, so a few more questions here, Lisa. Can you describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being so that you can do everything you do in the world? So one of the things I do, we've talked about it before, is daily meditation. But I'll add to that in that I'm sure listeners can relate. I am a very busy person. I run a business. I have kids. I have a husband. I trained myself to be able to not fall back asleep in the morning. And that took me a couple years, I'll be honest, like 
it's not easy for some of us, but um, what I do now and why I can be so devoted to my meditation practice is the minute I wake up at like 4 a.m., I can meditate in bed. And if I get out of bed, I kid you not, there is a chance I won't meditate still after all these years. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing that has made it so consistent because I'm like, I wake up, I know what I'm to do. I won't get distracted (laughs) and I commit. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. What superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? So this would be my psychic gifts that I've had since as far back as I can remember. And yet I got in a lot of trouble with them when I was little. And so I forgot about them. And it wasn't until I started coaching people and started noticing things and was brave enough to say, this might be completely out of you know left field, but this is what's coming through. And then every time I did that, people were like, "How can you know that?" And after a while, I'm like, "Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be kooky and trust." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, what advice would you give your younger self, say your 25 or 30 year old self? Be kind. I had a really bad problem with you know, negative voice inside my head going all the time. Comparitis, um, you know, how could you do so many stupid things on and on and on. And I would just want her to know that she could let it go and that it isn't, I thought it was like the voice of God actually. So it isn't the voice of God, just no, it's just a voice that you need to get rid of as soon as possible. Right. Okay. And Lisa, do you identify as a feminist? Yes. <laughs> yes, I, yes, yes. Yeah. And I feel like you've been on a little bit of a journey with with a lot of this lately. Is that right? Definitely. It's It's been... An interesting, I, I feel like I've always been a feminist, but I think there were times where I wanted so badly to find the middle ground. And now I'm like, it is the middle ground. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? Okay. Oh, chills. That's, that's awesome. We could. I know. I just got chills too. I feel like we could do a whole show on that. But um, I want to ask you a couple more questions here to wrap up. What makes a good leader? Unconditional love is what comes to me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Accepting seeing people in totality without judgment and then being able to figure out how you can help or be of service. Okay. And last question for you, Lisa, what are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Uh, I have about 10 books. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. I'm looking at the 10 books. I'm going to pick one. The Definitive Book of Human Design, The Science of Differentiation. So this is something I've been practicing for several years, but this is a new book and, uh, and human design has been a fun addition to my life. I love it. Well, we'll put that in the show notes. We love collecting what other people are reading and sharing that with the community. So Lisa, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been super fun. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. 
As a reminder, we are on NPR every week, so be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.